0: Welcome to the Jolt Episodes. This is a feature of the In Awe Podcast meant to give you energy and a boost to look around your world and exercise a signature strength. Between interviews with incredible women who leave us awe-inspired, I will share stories that will prompt you to look around and see the beauty in your own world. I hope you find yourself awe-inspired. Welcome back to the In Awe Podcast and our first episode of this new month April where we are in awe of storytellers our guiding quote for this series is so beautiful by Dr. Maya Angelou when the storyteller tells the truth she reminds us that human beings are more alike than unalike a story is what it's like to be a human being to be knocked down and to miraculously arise each one of us has arisen awakened I love so much about this quote. If you are familiar with Dr. Maya Angelou in any part of her story, that just speaks so deeply to the person she was and the wonderful, wise storyteller that she was. And I came across Maya Angelou's work finally in college, and I say finally because it felt like a breath of fresh air for me to read her story, which started from my life with her book called I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, which is the start of a series of an autobiographical work that she created to share her story, um, which was entrenched in trauma and resilience. And I found myself in trying to decide how to kick off this particular month on Storytellers, how could I offer you all some value and share with you a story myself um, to inspire you to consider that when we do tell our truths and storytell, we not only can kind of come out realizing that we've, as Dr. Maya Angelou says, arisen and awakened, but we can stimulate that in others. And that's the beautiful part of our full rich lives. And I also know that our brains are wired for story. There is a narrative that we seek. We crave a beginning, middle, and end as humans storytelling has been around since as long as humans have been on the planet. (laughs) Um, And I think that it's just such a beautiful focus this month to share with you a couple of storytellers on the show. So I wanted to kick us off in this jolt to just um, do a little bit of storytelling myself and then also share with you, uh, what's to come in this month with the guests that we have. So the first thing is I, I am a sucker for a good story. I don't know about you, but whether it's in the written word, if it's a story woven through a movie, um, Of course, now we have television series, podcasts, all the ways that we can uh, consume stories. And I also just love to gather people's stories and put it that way, Uh, just listening to what makes people so unique. And I am deeply inspired by not only the way that people's stories can kind of line up with ours and help us see uh, pieces of ourselves through their own story, but also how they can teach us and guide us and uh, serve as warning signs or uh, just for something simple as joy, right? I love how stories can be shifted just ever so slightly to change an outcome. I am deeply in love with the creative process of developing stories, and when I think about the beauty in listening to people's stories. One of the things that I found, uh, anyway, on this particular podcast, after sharing stories with you, but listening to them myself of over 135 women is that I think our stories, we think that, you know, everybody's lived that everybody's experienced X, Y, or Z, but in reality, we are unique people with beautifully unique soul imprints and our brains develop in such a beautiful fashion that not any one of us has the same life experience and i just think that is so wonderful and so inspiring and so exciting and just i love the idea that every day we get to write a new story that we get to live a new story that we get to um experience new adventures and pains and sorrows and all just all the things um so i wanted to share with you a, a couple of things first that um, there's a really wonderful story that I'm listening to right now, which is a nonfiction book. And I wanted to give you a recommendation. Come on out of this jolt um, because I am currently listening to Dr. Perry and Oprah Winfrey's What Happened to You? And I cannot recommend enough. I am not done with it in full disclosure, but especially for those of my listeners that are working with children. Well, you know what? Honestly, it's for everybody. But uh, as an educator, it really was just resounding in my mind about the importance to know one another's stories and not just our student stories but our colleagues, our supervisors, our direct reports, our families, um ourselves and you know one of the things that I've done in the last several years is throw myself into the passion of sharing my story with the hope and the belief that it will serve others and every time I share a piece of me. I also discover a piece of me. Um, and I think that that is really beautiful. And I vulnerably wanted to share that with you um, on the show today, because if we're not willing to share our story, uh, then we're not willing to explore that and understand that even through the darkest parts of our lives, uh, we as Brené Brown says, that if we are not willing to uh, explore the darkness, then we'll never know the infinite power of our light. <laughs> and so I just love the idea of of sharing your stories, of learning how they can help mine, but also sharing my story. Um, so pick up or listen to what happened to you. The really important piece, and I think the biggest takeaway from that book, is that There's a function behind every behavior and we know that, but do we really internalize and understand that, um, that when we think about you, they're saying that when you shift the idea from, uh, what's wrong with you to what happened to you, it starts to, help us understand that there is a story and there's a narrative and we can say it, you know, we can say every kid comes to school with an invisible backpack, but are we taking the time to actually understand that and understand deeply that the story behind that behavior really is uh, drawn from the tapestry of that individual's life. And what I love about that book is that it talks about the neuroscience that is tied to the Uh, behaviors. And uh, Dr. Perry does a great job of breaking down the spaces of the brain and the functions and reminding us that when we are uh, when we have experienced trauma, and it depends on the stage of life um, that we experience that that trauma, that it can have a significant impact on the way our brain develops, um, the stress that develops from uh, our traumatic experiences, so to speak, and um, that we have malleable brains that can not necessarily uh, resilience themselves to a previous version, as he says, you you can't grab a a bouncy ball, squeeze it and have it go back to the same um, form that it once took, but the brain is malleable and that it can shift and change. And so I think that part of the idea of storytelling is that when we are able to share our stories, then we can discover a little bit more deeply inside of us, maybe why we behave the way we do. But also it gives others the opportunity to understand us better, to know how to uh, love us through our challenging behaviors, and maybe uh, to seek some wisdom through the way that we have behaved our way uh, into a new way of of living and existing, even with the the pain and the trauma behind us. So. I love that book so far. Please check it out and it will really dive into how we maybe try to use the word trauma just a little too lightly, how we may not have a really deep understanding of what that word actually means, how the ACEs study um, adverse childhood experiences has a connection, uh, but that it it might be widely misunderstood. And also uh, for me, just Really doing a fantastic job of helping me connect some dots in my own life um, with people that I love deeply, as well as myself. Uh, so, having said that, I also wanted to mention that I'm just coming off of a weekend at in Chicago with Jay Casas and Associates, and I bring it up because this is a group of people who is deeply dedicated to serving our profession and education to help cultures and to support leaders to cultivate learning and lead the culture, lead the learning cultivate the culture. And one of the things that was deeply profound for me uh, this weekend, I've I've been working for this organization for several years. I am so grateful every time that I get to be in the presence of any one of my colleagues and partners. But this weekend, uh, Jimmy Casas, who's the leader of that organization, said something that just stuck with me in a way that i hadn't really f- felt deeply before or understood or maybe he hadn't phrased it that way but i think we we were really all about helping others believe that they can be more and do more than they ever thought possible. That is one of Jay Casas and Associates' grandest missions. And he really made an interesting delineation to me this weekend when he said, you know, we can believe our excellence and believe all we want, but we really have to learn to behave our way into excellence and to, uh, as a coach, to help the people we serve to behave their way into excellence and then to lead others to behave themselves into excellence. And as uh, we were processing through all of this wonderful content and how to serve, it really comes down to connection and understanding the why behind behavior, right? And so I was thinking about what story I would want to share. And I think that if you can still hang with me on this jolt, I will share with you an epiphany that I had recently. I have often in my keynotes, my workshops on this podcast shared uh, I what would, I would call my pit moment um, where a lot of the behaviors that I had kind of unintentionally built, the habits that I had built had led me to where I, I would absolutely call the pit moment where I was starting to lose, I lost a sense of myself and in that was kind of really grasping at important connections in my life that were starting to slip away because I had become so entrenched in my title as a principal. And what hit me and what I wanted to share with you practicing this first before I start sharing it widely is really that I think for me, I needed to go take a few steps back And you know that old adage that instead of looking where you fell, look where you tripped, right? Like what got you to that point? So instead of kicking off my message with the pit moment, I wanted to share with you all what got me to that space. So if you just hold on, I am going to share that story with you and practice my own storytelling. And what I'd like you to consider is how you might, from hearing my story, decide that it's time for you to look at maybe where you've tripped. So one of the things that I find deeply inspiring is when a leader can come to levels of self-awareness. And I've spent a lot of time very intentionally growing my own self-awareness. And so it surprised me when suddenly a memory popped up out of nowhere a couple weeks ago when I was Being on the other side of a microphone to interview for Rachel George's podcast with my friend and colleague Jessica Cabine. And Rachel George was talking to us about tips for trying to go beyond this concept of balance for leaders. And she asked me, was there anything funny that you can remember? A moment tied? And Friends, I was completely stunned. I could not think of one funny moment, though if you know me, you know that I am always obnoxiously throwing my head back in laughter. And in the moment, I became so paralyzed because here I was expected to have this articulate story that I could share that would make people laugh, and I couldn't come up with one until approximately an hour later. It's like you have that experience yourself where you're in the middle of a conversation and and you kind of rehearse it later thinking, oh, I could have said this. But the funny story is actually not very funny when I started to unpack it a little bit and realized that absolutely there were markers along my journey that uh, that I can see where I was tripping into that pit. And though I thought for the first moment that it was kind of funny, I realized that it was born out of some pretty deeper issues. Uh, so the story that I wanted to share with you, it comes approximately my second year into my principalship. And it is centered on the idea that we all have our blind spots. And You know, when you think about a blind spot, it really is dangerous because if you use the analogy of driving, it means that you could miss something and have a fate, you know, a pretty significant crash. And I will tell you that this story is really an illustration of how I was missing something. I was missing cues that would give me an indication that I was about to get T-boned. So here's the story. One day, I was sitting in my office with my dean of students, and we were talking about a student issue, and suddenly I looked down at my hands, and I noticed that they looked just a little bit purplish. And, you know, not rare for me to feel cold or sometimes even a little bit shaky, uh, but that, you know, was born from the fact that I did not have good, proper nutrition at that time. And I definitely wasn't doing any real amount of self-care intentionally, but I noticed it. And I kind of said something and my Dean looked at my hands and said, um, that's scary. What's going on? And I said, Oh, you know what? Probably nothing. I was just in the chemistry room. Maybe I got some chemicals on my hands. So we dismissed our meeting. I went in and washed my hands and thought it would come off. Well, it didn't. And I pulled my sleeve up and I looked a little further and I saw that it was up my arm, but I had a pressing issue to get to. And really, by the time I walked out of the bathroom, the thought evaporated from my mind. I got home that evening and at the time, my children were very small. I got a two and a five-year-old. We had weathered quite the year prior um, where... There had just been a lot happening, not only with me taking on a new principalship, but a lot of um, personal things that had occurred. My daughter had broken her arm. I had broken my foot at the same time, but never got it seen because I was always taking off to bring my daughter in for her x-rays. Uh, we had um, my, my cousin had passed away, and I wrote about her in Lead with Faith, and just a lot that had piled on. And anyway, so that night... I told my husband that I noticed my arm had looked like a little purple and I had him look at it and he's like, Oh, what's going on? That's really strange. And I said, well, it doesn't seem, it's probably nothing. I feel fine. There's nothing else. I mean, I feel a little tired, but I'm always tired. Right. And he said, Sarah, you have got to get that checked out. And he started to look a little panicky and I'm like, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm fine. And he said, you don't take care of yourself. And of course, That annoyed me because I don't know about you, but if you are a mom and a spouse and a leader and just trying to do all the things, the last thing you want is somebody to be telling you, you don't take care of yourself. So I don't honestly know where that narrative went. Uh, We settled in for the night. Routine happened. I got up in the morning and when I uh, did the morning routine, the hygiene routine, I happened to look up in the mirror and I saw that the color had expanded up to my shoulders And that gave me pause again, but I got dressed, got ready. Who knows what I had going on that day? Probably staff meetings, all the things. So I went to school, didn't say a thing to anybody except that then my dean did ask me, so how are your hands today? And I told him that the the color had spread up to my arms and he gave me the same message. You never take care of yourself. I never see you eat lunch. Do you even get any sleep? I swear you are going to have a heart attack. You need to sit down. And, uh, by the time midday came around, I think my psyche had just been pressed a little bit. And even though I kept poo-pooing, my secretary was in on it. A couple other staff members said, Sarah, we're worried about you. You don't take care of yourself. We need you to go to the doctor. So I gave in and my superintendent had been, had not been on campus that day. So I said, fine, I will go to the doctor. I called, I got an appointment and uh, you know, this is no small task. Cause I worked about 45 minutes away from my home and our doctor was in 30 minutes, the other direction, but whatever. So I called my superintendent and I said, Hey, I just need to let you know that I going to take a half day off. I need to go to the doctor, but I do have the building covered all these things. Right. And he said, started to panic a little bit and said, "Are you short of breath? If you get short of breath, you need to pull over and call an ambulance." And I said, "I'm going to be fine. I'm I'm I feel fine. I'm not short of breath. I don't feel dizzy. My arms are just turning purple." <laughs> and I'm laughing about it now cuz it sounds silly, but he said, "Sarah, you don't take care of yourself." I see you running around all the time. You've got small children. You just go above and beyond, and I'm so worried about you. Just please pull over and call an ambulance. And I, of course, thought that was a way overreaction and I brushed past it. I told him, I promised him I would be contacting him and letting him know that everything would be just fine. But, friends, by the time I got to the doctor with all of that panic around me and that worry, I started to worry. I know that you know how that feels. So then suddenly I'm thinking, am I short of breath? Do I feel dizzy? Did I eat anything today? I don't know. Uh, And so by the time I got into the doctor's office, I think I had myself a little bit convinced that I was going to be dying from a heart attack of some rare disease, something else that was associated with black arms. (laughs) And so when I got to the doctor, I shared with him all these things and he said, "Um, "Hmm." well, he took my blood pressure, took all my vitals, asked me uh, lifestyle questions, and he looked very skeptical. And I started to feel a little dumb. And he said, have you tried to wash it off? I said, yes, absolutely. Soap and water. I mean, I tried once and then I took a shower and nothing, it hasn't come off. And he's, you know, have you gotten, I mean, was there any thing that you've had recently that would leave Mark? I'm like thinking really on both of my arms. I don't think so. And he said, well, before we go crazy and do all these tests, just let me try something. And he reached over into the drawer and he grabbed out an alcohol swab. And I'm thinking, what is he going to do? He's going to stick me with something? Instead, he, he grabs my arm. He takes the alcohol swab and he rubs a circle. And on that circle, you could see the color of my flesh come through finally. And we locked eyes. And in that moment, he said, you are a very healthy young woman who has clearly taken on too much, who has recently purchased probably a new sweater. Do you wear cardigans? And that's when I busted out laughing. Yes, I wear cardigans. And in fact, I'm so busy that I did not wash that new black cardigan that I wore over my uh, tank top that, of course, then would explain why my arms from wrist up to shoulder were turning blue, blue bluish black from the actual dye of the cardigan Uh, and soap and water wasn't going to remove it, but alcohol swab did. So as I said, he looked directly at me and said, you are a very healthy young woman right now by all rights, but you are going down a path that is not going to be healthy for you based on some of the things that you revealed to me about your lack of exercise, your lack of focus on nutrition, your lack of sleep, and he said, I feel like you might be missing something from the people around you that have tried to tell you something. Ding, 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 blind spots, my friends. As I left that day with my head down, feeling quite embarrassed that I had gone to the doctor because I had uh, not washed my new clothing, uh, basically, I felt foolish. And at the time, though, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't wise enough. I probably used it as an, I told you so. So for those people in my life that were worried about me, my direct report, report Dean, my supervisor, my secretary, most of all, my husband that had expressed deep worry. I think at the time I might have come off as, ha told you so it was nothing. And we moved right on. We laughed about it. I used it as a funny punchline You know, when I was telling people that I had gone to the doctor basically because the soap didn't work, um, all those things. And as I was reflecting recently and why I felt like it was important to share this with you all now is because that I didn't take the wisdom. I had the opportunity. I had the doctor pointing it out to me that I had blind spots, that I hadn't been listening. Of course, as I share with you, as the story goes, all of those people told me, you don't take care of yourself. And yet I heard none of that. And it would be at least six months until I finally made the commitment out of the need to start taking care of myself. Because what happened is those blind spots kept happening. And I just didn't pay attention to them until I was T-boned pretty hard. And though my story is not one of a physical issue, my story where I was in the pit from tumbling pretty heavily, was all about a lack of spiritual awareness and relationship management that led to where I usually start my keynotes. And uh, that is really uh, tension points in my home that were really hard, coupled with a shift in my position that led to having both of my primary spaces be completely on steady ground And I ended up needing my running streak and my self-care streak to help me through all of that. And at the end of the day, here we are. It's been years. I am over 3,000 days of my self-care streak. And uh, well, 3,187 days for recording this episode have I either run or walked when I've been in a little bit of pain or now for the last two years embedded weight training to make myself stronger so that I can continue to do this for the long haul, because I've learned that I do need to take care of myself. And even though I couldn't hear that at the time, people, trusted voices in my world were trying to share with me that it really wasn't all of the things I was pointing at, but it really was inside of me. And I needed to behave my way to a better version of myself. And it took me Plenty of time. And honestly, I don't think I probably talk about my self care streak as much anymore because I know that people feel a sense of, um, I don't know if it's shame or guilt or whatever it is wrapped up in taking care of ourselves physically for a host of reasons. For me, I was the martyr and I came last. Everyone else had to come first. And at the end of the day, that mentality ends up meaning. There's resentment that starts to spill in, um, in addition to the lack of health and wellness uh, overall that leads us to destructive habits and behaviors. And so I wanted to share because even though I always talk about, you know, the balance framework really becoming a game changer for me, that didn't enter my life into quite a while into the The pit um, into climbing up out of it, but certainly not at the time when I was stumbling and ignoring all of the warning signs and the blind spots. And so my friends, I just really hope that me sharing this story with you today helps you remember that it is important to listen to those around us. It is exceptionally important to understand our motivations and our reasons for why we behave the way we do. And I know there's a whole part two to why I was going on all, you know, as they say, full cylinders with no putting my foot off The gas. And I'm going to talk to you about that in part two, because part of our story is learning about the behavior, why we did that in the first place, and then healing ourselves. And that to me is the real power in sharing our stories, because we can't just dwell on what's been. We need to continue to heal and to grow and to do better and to give ourselves compassion when we don't do it perfectly, because Usually what I have found and what I'm learning and circling back to uh what happened to you is that these patterns and these cycles in our lives are very hard to break and they're there for a reason and a lot of times not our fault. So, my friends, I hope that you were able to stick with me through this story. I pray that the message landed for you where you needed it. Hang on until we get to part two, where I'm able to share with you. A connection and a resource to uh, helping to heal ourselves and understand maybe why we do some of the things we do. Please understand that I do not position myself as an expert in trauma or ACEs or therapies or healing. I'm just a complicated, soul on a beautiful journey, doing my best in this life and hoping that what I can give you adds value. I also want to mention that I am so excited for you to hear from our guests this month and we will first have Emma Chapetta on the show. She is an incredible person that I am so excited I got to know better and can't wait to share with you. And she will be talking with us about her focus on helping students tell their stories as well as just unpacking some of her incredible life uh, which I think is fantastic. And then our second uh, guest will be Ashley. And honestly, I just cannot wait for you to hear her story and actually our origin story of how we met. I don't know about you, but I know for me, when I am able to see how there are kind of rhythms with our communications and when we can see this really cool small flashlight into how her story helped mine or there's this moment where the now connects with two years ago, or somehow you're able to look back and see that, wow, that when we had that conversation, it's coming full circle today is really powerful. And she will be one that will absolutely help us see that. So I am so grateful uh, for you for hanging in on this jolt. It's a little bit longer than normal. The next one won't be as long, but it's been a joy to share this story, not only so that I can continue to reflect and become better, but Maybe you will go ahead now and reflect on your own potential blind spots. Thank you so much, my friends. And I wish you all the best until we are together again. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We will see you on the next episode. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you, listener, checking out this Jolt episode. Hey, I want to see what you're seeing in the world. So hop on over to Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever you want and pop out a quick sentence or a picture or something that inspired you this week. Let's let's share with one another. Show the community what you're seeing with your eyes to see the beauty in the world. Hashtag in awe to rise.